I was, he put me like a hundred thousand dollars in debt. I mean, he stole my whole identity. I, I was in, it was a nightmare. Oh, any woman's worst nightmare. And I just realized like law enforcement will always be in my heart. You know, that's all I knew. Right. But I just always felt like I was always a boss. All right, Hustle Fam, Hustle Fam, we are back with another amazing episode. And today I am with Miss Kyra King from Prosper Logistics. Hello, Kyra. How are you? How you doing? I'm well. All right. Happy to be here. Awesome. Well, listen, first of all, welcome to Truck and Hustle. Thank you. Welcome to the family. Thank you. All right. So 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 Prosper Logistics is a dispatch company. How long how long you been dispatching? So I've been dispatching for 13 months now. 13 months. All right, cool. So you're new in the game. Yep. Right. And I just wanted to have this conversation with you because there's a lot of people that want to get into dispatching and you have a real story coming from law enforcement. Correct. Yes, sir. Right. Got into dispatch and now you're killing it. Yes. Right. Yes. Real, real people, real results. Yes. All right. So let's get into it. Let's start with your backstory. Kind of, you know, learn about where you're from and just how you kind of got to where you're at today. So tell me about it. Where, where, where you from, Kyra? I'm from Chicago, Illinois. I was born, but I was raised in Atlanta, Georgia. So. Okay, Chicago. How long did you live there? I lived there for five years. Till five years old. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you small age. Barely, barely, <laughs> really knew much about Chicago. Yes, and yes. then you moved to Atlanta. Why did your family move to Atlanta? Oh, my mom wanted a better start in Chicago. As you know, it's not the best place to raise a family, so she moved south to Atlanta. Okay, so what part of Atlanta do you move to? We moved to Clayton County. Clayton County. Mm -hmm. All right. How was it coming up for you? It was. It was really, really good. I was involved in sports and things, so I really stayed busy um, growing up. It was really nice. What, what sports did you play? Basketball. Okay. So you're a ball player. What position? Indeed. Point guard and shooting Were guard. Were you nice? I was nice. Did you start? I, was, I started. Okay. Did, <laughs> so you played in high school? Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you take that into college? I had a scholarship to go um, to play in college, but I decommitted right when we won the state championship. Oh, you um, said you did what? I decommitted. Decommitted? So, yes. Yeah, so I turned okay. down the scholarship when we won the state championship in Why? high school. Because my coach... Who um who has passed away? Rest in peace, Coach Strickland. He was very he was like a college coach, and I didn't want to go to college and have all my time taken because high school really drained us. So I said, you know, we won a state championship. I'm not gonna take it to college. I'm just gonna focus on my career. Okay, and that's what I did. All right, and what was that career? Law enforcement, criminal justice. All right, so you studied law enforcement or criminal justice mm -hmm. in college, and then you went, you graduated from college, mm -hmm. and you became. A police officer. A police officer. Yep. All right. So tell me about that. What, what year is this that you mm -hmm. become a police officer? 2015, I graduated and I went, I graduated in May of 2015 from Valdosta State University and I went straight to the force in June. Okay. So I didn't take no break. I went head first. Okay. Got you. <laughs> T tell me about that. Becoming a police officer. Is that what you wanted to be? A police officer? I did. I know I had to gain the experience to um, become an FBI agent. So, so that was your goal? That was the overall goal. So I All had right. to take the steps to get there. Tell, tell me about being a police officer. Are you are you in Clayton County as a police officer? I went back to my community and um, policed. I did. Tell me yeah. about it. It was very challenging. Um, it takes a lot of discipline, as you know. Um, it was really tough. But uh, protecting the citizens in Clayton County was really, really my priority. And that's what I went to work and I did every day. What was the toughest parts about it? <sighs> um, seeing things that I didn't want to see mm. and having to keep my composure during those calls. Wow. Um, you deal with a lot of things and you see a lot of things in law enforcement that 
they don't talk a lot of people don't talk about yeah t- tell me about some of the the roughest things that you that you kind of seen or kind of went through okay so quick little story i was i worked the night shift it was from 10 to 6 a.m and it was about 5 30 so i was just you know doing my little patrols and um i said I get off at six i'm gonna check some of the areas that need to be checked um some of the rough areas that um, needed police presence and en route on that street i ran into a car um parked in the middle of the street and i'm wondering why is this car here i'm like oh my god i'm about to get off at six i'm gonna get off late because this is a dui it's the first thing that i thought so i went past um i drove past the vehicle and um i didn't see nobody originally originally in the vehicle so i turned around and i made contact with the car and it was actually a 17 year old little boy shot a couple times and he was um begging for help Mm. and um i didn't know exactly what happened because i rolled up on it and um i didn't see anyone else around or anything like that but i know i was the officer in the area and it wasn't called in or anything i just um drove up on it like i said and at that moment i pulled him out of the vehicle um i was putting pressure on his wounds and he was still alive um begging me to keep him alive um made contact with the our ambulance and in route he died to the hospital oh wow so that's a story that i would never ever forget because i made a promise that i was he wasn't going to die and he ended up dying and a little after that I, I was really wanting to be done with law enforcement i couldn't mentally um fathom that incident yeah did you ever find out what what was what happened in that particular situation drugs Okay. Yeah, he was shot. It was um, a bad drug transaction. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bad drug transaction. So is that is that typical for an officer? Like before you guys kind of get off, you just kind of scan different areas and just see what's going mm-hmm. on. Like is that like a, a directive, or is that something that you just do intuitively as an officer? Yeah, that's something that I took um, initiative to do because I knew those areas were very rough, and um, I needed to make sure that we weren't gonna get no calls no time soon before you know my shift was complete. Right. So. Just doing my last little roundabout. Did you have a partner? I did not. Okay. Mm-mm. Did you ever have a partner? That's TV. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> there is no partners. There's some I'm in like living fantasy. It's funny you said that's Mm-mm. TV because I'm like thinking of like CSI or something like that. No, that's there's TV. always like a partner. Mm-mm. You, it's, it depends on the incident. Most like detectives, right? Um, things like that ride together on certain cases, but. Patrol officer, there, there's, there's no partners. You're out there. By Got yourself. you. But, but when you see a situation, you always call in and like you, you call for other for officers of to back you up. I was respond. good for that. Got you. <laughs> so did you, you did that that night? Yes, that happened, I did. Yeah. Well, they were already in route because the, I, I when I saw what I came up on, I was on the radio screaming like, "Help! Yeah. Help now! I'm here. Drop my location over the radio and calls like that. They are, they coming." Yeah. Everybody's coming. Yeah. It's interesting because a lot of times police officers get a, a bad rap. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. a lot of times there's a lot of friction and conflict between the community and the police officers. Yeah. But in that particular case, you know, you're just out there trying to help. Yeah, that's you know? it. That's <laughs> it. I'm just trying to protect the streets yeah. and keep these young people, old people, whoever, out of your house, you know, from just causing harm to anyone. Right. You know, I just wanted to be that asset in the community to help my community. Yeah. And that's what I served. And that's what I took pride in. And that's what took me, um, kept me going every day gotcha. to complete the job. How many other female officers were, were did you work with? On my shift, it was about one or two. Okay. But it never was a lot. Okay. It, it never was a lot. I was always 
the one. Kind of the one? Yeah, and all the guys looked out for okay. the women. So, so you didn't really cool. have, like, a mentor in terms of, like, policing, like, a, a woman, another woman, and nothing like that? It's kind no. of like just a woman amongst a bunch of men. Yes. Kinda like in a male-dominated mm -hmm. type, of, type of deal. And stood my ground. All right, guys, listen. Before we continue the show, I got to give a shout-out to our sponsor and our partner, OTR Solutions, formerly OTR Capital, but listen guys, OTR is much, much more than just a factoring company. They provide so many solutions to help the small carrier not only get into business, but to stay in business and maintain, right? So you guys have to partner with them and check them out. Don't take my advice for it. Talk to their clients, right? Talk to their clients. Find out what the people are saying. Everybody will tell you the same thing. So make sure you give OTR Solutions a call at 470-900-3338 or click the link in the bio below. Make sure you check them out and tell them Truck and Hustle sent you. <laughs> most definitely still. What do you ground. have to do to stand your ground? Um, just let them know that you're gonna be uh, you're gonna respect me. Right. You know, yes, I'm a woman and I'm small and short. And um, in this field, they expect you to be a certain way, and they want you to look like the police. I didn't look like the police. Right. I didn't come to work looking like the police. But I let them know I can do the job just like you guys can. I don't care if you're a man. I don't care if you're bigger than me, stronger than me. I can be able to stick right with you guys and make yeah. sure all of us get home safely at the end of the shift. I love that. All right, cool. So you have that situation happen, which is obviously traumatic. How long do you say in the force after, after that? It was about a year and a half. They end up promoting me okay. to a detective like two months later. And I'm like, okay, let me just see how it is as a detective. And I'll stay for a little longer. So after that, I stayed for like a year and a half so as now, a detective. As a detective, what is the difference now in your job? So now I'm admin. Okay. So I'm, so I'm behind you're the paperwork. desk. You're, mm -hmm. you're paper pushing. Yep. I'm at the headquarters doing ad administrative work. So. How, how, how has that looked at in the force? Is that most people aspire to become detective or is it like do the officers look at detective as like, ah, oh, you guys ain't really doing the real work. Where, you know what I mean? Like, what, <laughs> no, how, it's how, work. How, 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 well, you know what I mean? Because everybody, because, you know, internally they may look at the, the officers, may look at the detectives and say, mm -hmm. well, you know, we're out here in the streets. Mm -hmm, and then detectives, you guys are outside pushing paper. Indeed. So indeed. how how is it looked at? What's the dynamic in there in the force? So it wasn't really a division between, you know, officers and detectives and anything like that. I think um far as the police officers' mindset, we always just wanted to climb the ladder. Okay. You know, we always all of us really wanted to become sergeants and lieutenants and majors and deputies and chief, you know. That's what we strived for out there. Yes, we did protect the community, but all of us definitely wanted to climb the ladder okay. and reach our full potential in the um, department. And you said you got promoted. So how do you get promoted? They go by your work ethic. Okay. Um, so I was really proactive. Um, not so much that I wanted to prove a point. I just did my job. And I got promoted my third year of being at the department. Um, a lot of people didn't like that. A lot of people did, but that was not my issue to address. Right. I just did my job. Okay. Okay. Got you. So you become detective and then what happens? I came with um, a detective, and um, I saw how it was ran firsthand um, at our headquarters, and didn't really it really didn't really fit. What does that my, mean? Um, I, I, at that point, I realized it wasn't for me anymore. But what do you mean by how it was ran? Like you 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 felt this? It though, was a like lot of in house things that I saw firsthand that I didn't see when I was on the street ah. because I was on the street. I didn't know the things that were going on in house, and once I um, experience that. Yeah. I'm like, you know, it's already a rough job. Right. And now I'm promoted. And you would think when you get promoted, things will get better. Or you will see 
um, you'll be a little more connected to the department um, because you're on the floor or in the building with the higher ups. Yeah. And it was just not for me. So was this in relation to how they treat other officers or like things that's going on in the street? Like what type of, you know, things are you seeing that you don't like? Both. So I actually had, I filed a complaint on one of the lieutenants on how he addressed a call um, that I was on with him uh, one time and that went okay. And then um, I just saw how they were treating other people, um, both on the street and in-house, and I just could not stand for it. I, mm. I did as long as I could. And I just, I remember calling my mom, like, Ma, I'm about to quit. And she's like, do not quit unless you have a plan. I'm like, Ma, I'm stepping out on faith. I step out on faith a lot. <laughs> I really do. I step out on faith a lot. And I just told her, I'm going to be all right. I don't, I can't do it. Because I was already still battling, you know, what I faced on the street. Yeah. And, um. It was hard, you know. It was very, very hard. I took counseling and things like that, and it wasn't really working. And then, you know, once I got promoted, still was just not it. So, I left. Got you. <laughs> as an officer, what was the most you ever got paid? As an like, what was your starting salary, and where'd you end up? So I started out at forty thousand, and I ended at fifty five when I left. Okay. Um, I was getting paid as a detective, of course. It was a little more, and then you have the part time gigs, of course, that you can get paid extra for. So. It was decent money. It was decent money, but it just wasn't worth. Me what's saying. what's like the top ranking officers get paid in the police department? Mm, you know? So mm, you can make six figures. Six figures. Yeah, you can you make six figures. At, Probably a deputy chief or a chief all chief. the way up. Okay, <laughs> and you're like hundred plus. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. got you. All right, so you make the decision to quit the force. Do you just quit kind of cold turkey? What, tell me about that day that you decided to quit, or how did you kind of get out? I called off. Okay, and <laughs> never came back. I called off. I took FMLA because um, I just needed to get my mind right, um, especially facing that death that I that I witnessed on the street that night. And um, I needed to take FMLA to get my mind right. I take my mental health very, very seriously. And I know when it's time to back up and take the steps that I need to take to um, stay healthy. Yeah. And I did that. And during that time, um, I spoke with my mom. I spoke with my family, and I let them know. Cause they were very proud of me being young and promoted and Things like that. How old were you when you got the pro I was, promoted to uh, detective? I was 25. 25? Yeah, That's I was extremely 20. young. Yeah, I was 25. So um, I let her know, and she's like, you know, just have a plan. And at that moment, I didn't have a plan. But I, I wrote my two weeks up, and I told them I was out. Okay. And I did not have a plan. I went for like a week or two without a job, and then I ended up getting hired at a little security spot. And... I just thugged it into <laughs> thugged it out. Huh? <laughs> yeah. All right, so you leave the force as a detective, making mm -hmm. fifty five thousand dollars a year. You become a security guard somewhere, mm -hmm. just like kind it's of like part time in the private sector. Whatever, in the private mm -hmm. sector. Yep. Okay, and now you start trying to think about what's the next move. Mm -hmm. So tell me about what happens next. So um, then I end up working downtown uh, with the victim services. So I always stayed in law enforcement. I just was not in the force um, front hand. So um, I was working there, and I just realized, like, law enforcement will always be in my heart. You know, that's all I knew. Right. But I just always felt like I was always a boss. <laughs> uh, I just always felt like I was the CEO, and I was the person to make the calls. Okay. So, um, but I never really took, I never really executed on it. I never had a reason to, and then I ended up having a reason to. Okay. And then... This is how Together We Were Prosper Logistics came about. Okay, so tell me about how that came about. What, why the interest in the trucking industry? And, and let's put some context around it. What year is this? What's going on during this time? So at this point, um, 
and I made the decision to tell my story because it's my story. Um, in two thousand, in two thousand twenty-one, I never thought about trucking. That that never ever crossed my mind because I'm law enforcement, right? Right. Um, and I was always taught to go to school, get a good job, go up the ranks, you know, put things in place, have a secure job, and things like that, so I can be okay. So I never thought about entrepreneurship, um, but I always knew I could possibly try it out. So in 2021, I was in a situation where um, I was in a relationship with someone and I married him and I found out that he was a totally, completely fraud. And at this point, I was six months pregnant with my daughter, Lyric Noel. Um, and I'm like, OK, I just found this out. Um, I was he put me like one hundred thousand dollars in debt. I mean, he stole my whole identity. I, I was in it was a nightmare. Oh, any woman's worst nightmare. And that's where I was at. And I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I got this baby on the way. Um, I'm embarrassed because I now have to tell my family that this man was a complete fraud after we just had this beautiful wedding. Um, what am I going to do? I mean, his whole family, everyone was in on it, on this. Um, was in on the fraud? Yes, it's crazy. So there's something was, like he's like, a, he does this he to does this. women? Yes, yes. Oh, wow. And I was, yes. So at he's, that, from, he's from the U.S.? He, he's from the U.S. He's from, he from, he from, I'm not trying to be from the U.S. Saying, who who raised this guy? I, I'm just playing. They all, and the whole family was in on it. Um, and you would think me being a detective, how did I yeah, ignore the red flags? Sniff that out real quick. <laughs> but I ignored all the red flags. I turned all the red flags green, okay? Wow, okay. Uh, everyone saw it but me. And um, at this point, I'm six, six months pregnant, and, I, and this is my second child. So I'm like, what am I going to do? I don't get any government assistance. I don't get food stamps. I don't get caps. I don't get any of that stuff. You know, and I'm a single mother um, who works hard, you know, and sometimes it's still not enough. So now I have the second baby on the way, and I'm like, what am I going to do? So I remember sitting on my sister's couch because I moved out. I left. I found out he was a fraud. You know, my family, everyone found out. I moved out. Stay with my sister for a little bit, and I was on the couch, and I was just crying so hard. I'm like, what am I going to do? I can't afford another baby, like, and she's about to be here in, like, three months. You right, know, right. like, what am I going to do? And she was like, so she was like, let's, let's get a paper out. Let's, 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 let's go over your bills and what you get paid. And when we did that, I had the, I had the worst anxiety attack because it wasn't enough. Right. It was, I was actually short, like, $600. Right. You know, calculating daycare and my, my rent and things like that. And we both looked at each other, and she said, "Kyra, you're gonna have to do, you're gonna have to figure it out." She's an entrepreneur, so right. she was already like, "You're gonna have to figure it out. That's the only way to do it." Yeah. So I'm like, "I don't know. I don't have a talent. Basketball was my talent, you know, and I'm not. I can't go to the WNBA now, you know. <laughs> like that, I don't have a talent, you know." Um, and she's like, "Yes, you do. Like you're a boss. You've been a boss. Like take that same mentality and put it into your own thing." And I'm like, well, I still don't know. So I stayed with her, and I'm just thinking every day, like, I got to do something. This little girl get here in three months, and I'm $600 short. You <laughs> right. know, I'm $600 short. Right. So I was on her couch one day, and Alex, um, good energy, He his video came. Okay. Um, shout out Yes, yes, shout out to Alex, yep. indeed. I was sitting on the couch, and I saw his video, you can make such and such from home. And I'm like, I don't know who this guy is, but I see the video. Sounded good. It sounded good for and you. And I went that to time. his page. You know, I'm like scouting it out. Like, you know, let me see if it's legit. Like trucking. I don't. I never really. You know, and I saw how much the course was. I didn't even care. Right. I'm like, you know, if it worked for him, 
let me see if it can work for me. I'm a hustler, okay. you know, and you're promoting that you're giving the blueprint. So a hustler meet the blueprint. That's on my way to millions, <laughs> just like you. So let me follow your blueprint because it worked for you. Okay. So I did. Okay. I took the course. I finished it in about two weeks. And the first day that I got on there, I was addicted. I was like, this is so tight. Like, I can definitely do this. I'm okay. a people person. I'm cool. I'm down to earth. Um, and I'm a hustler, you know? Right. And I did. And I had a friend who was actually used to work for me at the police department. She quit. And she started her trucking business. So me and her was in touch. And I'm like, look, I'm about to take this dispatching course. When I completed it, when I completed it, let me dispatch your truck. Okay. And she was like, okay, good. Just go ahead, you know, educate yourself first. And then, you know, we'll try it out. And I completed that course. And she was my first carrier, and she referred someone, they referred someone. I went out to truck stops, they referred someone. And then before my eyes, I'm like, oh, my God, I need help. I need help. <laughs> like, this is, it actually worked. Yeah. You know, it actually worked. And I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful because if you guys would have saw the space that I was in last year mentally when I found all that out and yeah. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I'm not the type of person to ask anyone for anything. I don't care if I have two cents to my name. You're not going to ever know that I have it because I'm not going to ask you for anything. Right. So um, being a person of pride, it was really hard. And I'm like, what am I going to do? So when I found out and I, and this ended up working, I said, okay, well now I have to be five. Yeah. Now I got to figure out how to get more and, um, present other opportunities for these carriers to make more money because if they're making money, my business is still going to flow. So um, that's what I did. I started seeking out other opportunities for them to make money and okay. it worked. Okay. Uh, let's, let's, let's backtrack a little bit. Let's talk about just getting started in this brand new industry, mm -hmm. right? Cause there's a lot of people who are in your shoes probably right now looking at this video and they're saying, all right, that's all that sounds good. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, how did you, really like really do it right so day one you take the course mm -hmm. you educate yourself on the industry on a on a high level mm -hmm. right and then what do you do you, to get your company started you said you, you connected with a friend who had a trucking company so you start dispatching mm -hmm. her trucks i start mm -hmm. right so how did how did, why did she trust you to dispatch her trucks number one and how did you go about you know understanding the load boards the delay like how did you mm -hmm. gain that knowledge to be able to in effect run uh you know somebody's business mm -hmm. so talk talk about that like those initial initial steps so as i said taking the course it literally gives you a to z L literally right you know and that's what alex points out i'm giving you the blueprint but it's up to you to execute okay so um in the course literally i followed every step i followed every single step and then soon after that they had a conference i went to the conference um, I connected with individuals at the conference and I just, I put my feet on the ground and I ran with it. Got you. But so what, what, but, to, but talk to me about those actual steps though. Like, so when you connect with them, like talk about getting on the low boards, connecting okay. with carriers, stuff like okay. that, go, go deeper into okay. it. Okay. So once I actually, um, hopped out there, yeah. um, yeah. I got on the low board and I was, um, on the phone with different brokers all day. I mean, I get up at like five or six o'clock in the morning starting to, um, have her be able to get running early. And once I started talking to these brokers every day, I stayed start becoming my friend they they knew they yeah. knew me and i would always ask every time i get off the low board i always ask can i have your personal number can i have um, a number i can reach you at you know a good email 
two different emails that I can reach you at. And I always just stayed in touch with a um, certain amount of brokers. So it got to the point where I wasn't on the load board anymore. Okay. They'll call me, um, hey, King, do you have a, a truck in this area? And I would because we will have already ran that lane. So um, I started developing relationships, and that's how my company grew. Okay. Um, I was able to still keep the carriers' trucks moving due to the relationships that I had um, gained. Who, who was dispatching her trucks prior to you uh, partnering up with her? She had another dispatcher. I'm not sure okay. who exactly it was, but she definitely had another dispatcher. Okay. Uh, and they, they weren't keeping her moving. Um, she was still having to, like, fill out things and um, be, still run her truck. I'm like, you know, I'll take care of all that. I'll fill out the carrier packets. I'll do all your admin work. Just worry about you and your driver, and we're good. How many trucks did she have? She had one. Okay, one so you started with one truck. Mm -hmm. what, what type of lane did you start that, that truck on? So they always wanted to go southeast, um, not really too much north. So Texas, Houston area, Dallas, things like that, they, they, they love Texas. Okay. So they ran that for a couple months. Okay. What type of freight were they doing? So they were doing um, all type of freight. It was different commodities, just okay. different commodities. Uh, it always differed. Did you know, they, you might have, have airplanes. trailer or... Um, so she started off with a box truck. Okay. Yeah, I started getting my semis with referrals. Okay, referrals. okay, so you were dispatching a box truck. My first one, yeah. That was okay. my first carrier was a box truck. Okay, the, mm -hmm. the, your friend. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so what are you doing, like partial loads? Like on the, on the no, box? we're doing full, we're doing full, full loads. Okay, full you still loads, do full on, loads on, the, on, the, on the box truck? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, and you, but you're doing like over the road? Yeah, she was going over the road. Okay. Yeah, I don't take no box trucks unless they go over the road. It okay, was it difficult uh, dispatching the box trucks, like finding the loads? Because I know a there's not of, a lot of freight mm -hmm. for box trucks, as ne at least as much in comparison to the semi-trucks. So a lot of people were, would say that it was harder, but we didn't, have any, we didn't have any problems. Okay. Yeah, we didn't have any problems. They were making good money. Um, and like I said, the relationships, the relationships that I gained, they were able to keep Okay. Um, at a good rate per week. What type of money were, were you able to make her? So she was making close to like eight thousand a week with her box truck. Okay. Yeah. Got you. So when when you started, like, what what were you charging? Ten percent. You, so you're charging ten. percent I was charging ten percent of each load that I booked for you. Okay. All right. Got you. So you're charging ten percent. She's rolling. Then you said you start getting like word of mouth. Word start, of mouth. You start building. That was the best marketing for me. <laughs> that, that just worked out for my company. It might be different for others, but um, that's how I grew. Okay, so this is basically like her telling her friends or whatever yes, the case may be. Yes. All right, so the next company you start working for is that box truck also? Or is that it was a semi? Okay. It was a so semi. So what type of company were they? So they were a transportation company. No, no, I know. I'm saying like what type of freight did they carry? Were like they drive in? It was different. Yeah, it was all drive in, drive in. It wasn't a reefer trailer. It was drive in. So it, it always varied air, uh, aircraft equipment. It just always varied. Okay. Okay, got you. And then you start growing the company. So tell me about growing and getting more more trucks and more mm -hmm. carriers and so forth. So my carriers start growing. They start growing their fleet. So that's more trucks for me to dispatch. Right. Um, one of my carriers, she bought a semi, then she bought another one, then she bought another one. And um, I game, I run my business really family-oriented. So I always try to look out for them. If they're coming through Atlanta, I meet them at the truck stop. That was another little gym Alex dropped. I meet him at the truck stop, give him gifts, give him breakfast, you know, let him know um, if you need anything, I can help you to the best of my ability. GTT Commercial Tires is a tire store that's designed with the owner-operator in mind. It serves as a helpful community where you are always their number one priority. Whether you're a new owner-operator or you've been driving for years, their mission is the same, to keep owner-operators in business. 
That's why they go above and beyond providing superior customer service when you actually need it, educating you on proper tire care and delivering a no BS sales experience. With two conveniently located stores in Richmond and Petersburg, Virginia, and almost 2,000 five-star Google reviews, they are truly raising the bar and setting a new standard in tire care. Make sure you call 1-800-991-6251 to schedule your appointment now and tell them Truck and Hustle sent you. So I just gained good relationships with my carriers, and they just trusted me, and we just worked together. Our whole motto is it has to make sense for everybody. It gotcha. has to make sense for me. It has to make sense for you. It has to make sense for the driver. So that's where that's like the motto of where we how we work. Okay, and you said you uh, you started um, doing things to make additional uh, to add more value to their businesses, right? Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. So with that. Um, I ended up getting in contact with one of my best friend's cousins. She reached out to me and she said, um, you dispatch, you dispatch freight. And I'm like, yeah. She was like, do you know anything about household goods? And I'm like, nah, I only got the blueprint, you know, for dispatching freight loads. And she was like, well, um, she presented an opportunity to me with her brokerage. Um, it was household, like two men in the truck. So my okay. carriers started getting on to that, too. Okay. So we were like. Like, tackling both like moving mm-hmm. moving okay. customers and things like that so okay. they'll do freight going up and a household load coming down i mean they were just knocking it out of course you have to add that to your authority so i got them all to add household goods to their authority to their authority and we were just yo-yoing it back and forth back and forth and they were loving it okay do most of your carriers have their own trailers or do you do power only or how do, how do you normally operate so uh, I would say half of them have their own trailer and half are they run power only. Okay, which is okay because a lot of them work the ports. Okay, so. got you. So your power only guys, the people they do port. They on the ports. Port work. Mm-hmm. Where would you say the majority of your work comes from? Uh, North Carolina. North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So, but what type of commodities is a majority like port port stuff or? Yeah, just different port loads and okay. stuff like that. Okay, got you. All right. So now talk to me about like kind of where you're at. As far as the business now, how many trucks do you dispatch? And kind of tell me how you like grew the team out. Okay, so I'm at 16 active contracts. Um, I work with 20, but some of the carriers have sat down because of the industry, um, I want to say. So I have 16 active trucks running as of today. Okay. And um, a lot of those came from different marketing strategies that I did, going to truck stops, um, Facebook groups and things like that. But like I said, majority of them came from word of mouth. 16 active carriers? Mm-hmm. Owner operators. Okay, so but not not like a company with multiple trucks. So 16 individual 16, carriers. Yep. Okay, how, how many trucks are you dispatching? Uh, it's about 19. Okay. In 19, so one of my carriers. Of, most has. of them are like one truck, and then maybe, mm-hmm. maybe yeah. somebody has like two trucks or yeah. whatever the case may be. How do you manage all those trucks? I have a team. Okay. Yep. Tell, I have me, a about, team. tell me about growing your team, building your team. Who did you. Look, reach out to tell me about mm-hmm. that process so I, I'm like okay I need help because at one point I was doing everything by myself and I was scared to trust people because the reason why I started my business was so sensitive and I didn't want it I couldn't lose it because I, I this has to work you know right. so I started reaching out to um, individuals who also took the course or have taken or dispatching course and I asked them um, did they mind helping me because a lot of people um, weren't able to get carriers very quickly yeah. or keep them or just didn't have a lot. So they had time. So I reached out to those individuals and I asked them to help me and they did. They came aboard and we are just, we're amazing. We, we knock them, we knock it out. We work hard together. We give different ideas, different strategies on how to keep these trucks moving. And it just worked. So how many people are on, are on the team? So I have four. 
Okay, four, four people on the team, and and how do you compensate them? Like, how do you guys split the profits, the cost, the so cost or whatever? Yeah, I pay out four percent of each load that they book. Okay, and then um, my assistant, I have a set rate of what I pay my assistant to help. Okay, she does like all my marketing and are social you, media. Are you still charging ten percent? I am not because of the market, so okay. I dropped it down to eight percent for it to make sense for everyone. Okay, and how has that been? The carriers are kind of responding to that. That's yes, worked for everybody. Yes, yes, they're very appreciative to that. Okay, mm -hmm. how do you how do you feel about like you know a lot that they talk about in the industry like the kind of beast between brokers and dispatchers and all that? Like some brokers feel as though dispatchers there's not a actual you know yeah. <laughs> thing because you should have an authority. Like, mm -hmm. what do you think? What do you think about that? So my overall goal, anyway, is. is Prosper Logistics is turned into a brokerage okay. anyway because I want to counsel out the middleman myself. Okay. But um, in and, and some relationships, I do counsel out the middleman, but I just want more. Um, I really don't get into the, the, the back the and forth. Yeah, I, don't, I stay in my lane, and I do my best for my carriers, and I try to reach my full potential on helping their business continue to run efficiently. So all that outside stuff i don't i don't have time right for it anyway i'm busy trying to better my business got you um and go to the next level i got don't you. really get into the outside talking i don't have time could, could you give us some like dispatch tips or tricks for somebody who's getting started started in industry some things that kind of helped you get started helped you uh you know i know you said a lot of your carriers came from word of mouth but you did say you kind of had some other marketing strategies to kind of mm -hmm. build your carrier base. And you kind of talk about some of those other tips that it may be like, you know, something that people aren't thinking about, like, like, you know, some little, little jewel yeah. drop, drop for the hustle fam. Okay. So some of the things that I do um, in running my business, like I said, I treat my business very family oriented. So I treat those owner operators and drivers as if they are family. Okay. Um, Cause I know they have family to feed and so do I. So certain things, I always try to get feedback. Um, I have this thing where I send out every Friday to different owners. It's called the Prosper Care Survey. And what the Prosper Care Survey is, is it's asking you weekly, every Friday, we send them out, did we reach a quota? You know, did, um, what can we do better? Did we communicate good? You know, did we help you reach your potential within your business? And we take those surveys and we try to do better for the following week if there is any issues. So my... Um, my take on that is just getting feedback from the carriers to make sure that you are doing um, or you are reaching your full potential and running their business. Got you. What What's a typical quota for you? What do you like to like to see your carriers making? And, you know, and prior to what we're going through now, like how is, you know, the fuel and everything kind of impacting you know, so your, the, your numbers now? So the semis, I try to get them at least minimum 10,000 a week or more. Um, with the box trucks, it's roughly between seven and eight weekly. Okay. Um, I, that's the minimum of what I try. So okay. I, that's what I, when my team come together and we meet, those are the numbers that we're looking at. Like how can, what lanes are um, good to run? Um, Ohio is one, things like that. So we just try to keep our carriers in the areas that they want, but we also let them know the areas that they need to go to to try to make what they what right. they want because they let us know what they want to make a week yeah so yeah. we try to stay within that got you are you guys typically like dropping and picking up every day or are you doing like less uh less pickups like maybe like three a day or how, how does your week look typically for your carriers so um a, a lot of my carriers are over the road okay. so it's one pick a day okay yeah unless they have a partial that a partial load that they're picking up in route or things like that okay but um for majority it's one pick a day because they're over the road okay and ha has fuel and everything impacted your business at all? Like, like how the carriers are responding to you? 
um, fuel prices, spot market. Are you still working on the spot market at all, or do you uh, have all dedicated contracts? Um, I have some. Some of them are on dedicated, and some of them are. I'm still on the low board for okay. those. Yeah. So but how has that impacted your business? It hasn't. I haven't seen the drop. Um, okay. I did have a few carriers that sat down because trucking is not their main business. Okay. Um, they were like, like, kind of like investors. Or yeah, something like that. yeah. Okay. So they they have sat, but I haven't lost a lot of carriers and okay. anything like that. I'm actually gaining carriers. I okay. have two that's supposed to be starting Monday, tomorrow. Okay. So um it, it no, the contracts that I have on, we have a contract with Food Lion and then we work with um ARL logistics. So they add all the fuel in and things like that. The carriers don't go over five hundred miles. Um so it's it's making sense. And with that I also dropped my percentage to okay. ten from eight. So um it was just working out. It makes sense. Do you offer any other like services like uh any compliance or anything like that to help the carriers as well, mm -hmm. or is it just strictly dispatching? No, I also um, offer safety and compliance. I assist with that. Um, carriers that are looking to hire drivers, I also assist with that. I sit in on their interviews with them on Zoom. Um, I also do uh, pull MVR records for their, if they when they hiring drivers. We pull the MVR records. We do background checks, um, and that's about it. Okay, is that something that you had to you you upcharge on as far as a service fee? Or is that something that's all bundled into the eight percent that you're charging? So no, that's a separate fee. Okay, that's a separate fee. So how do you how do you kind of charge that? Tell me about that pay structure. Like let's say you want to help them with hiring or help them with pulling MVRs. Like how do you do that? So I definitely give them that option if okay. they want to um, go through us since yeah. we're already dis dispatching them. Yeah. So I give them that option, but that's a totally different fee. Um, okay. Okay. So they All pay right. separate for that. So so you have sixteen different carriers now. Um, where where do you want to grow this thing to? What's your what's your goal? What are you looking like in the next? I have no cap. Okay. I have no cap right now. Okay. I do not, and I don't want to cap. I want to keep going, growing. And I want to keep growing my team. So that's that's the overall goal. So to just to get as big as possible. I want to get as big as so possible. So right now you have four four people on the team dispatching for you and you have three six, dispatching and one assistant. Three dispatching and one assistant. Okay. So now that you're here and you know you're a boss, you finally you finally uh become who you are, right? Mm -hmm. Um like you said, you just said you're a boss. Tell me about that, man. How does it how does it feel to to, to arrive in this space now and you know, kinda of looking back on your past and everything you've been through? Just tell me about like your emotions and when you kind of look back at things. So I'm very thankful that I went through what I went through because a lot of people are like, are you? Do you think you'll be here if you went through that? Like I said, I always knew I was a boss, but I never really executed what I knew my fullest potential was because I was comfortable. Right. But then I end up getting into a situation that I I became uncomfortable and I had to make a move. So um, being in this space is very very life changing, and I'm enjoying it. I love networking with people. I love going to different events. I love the industry now. Every day I'm trying to learn more because I'm still freshly new. I've only been doing this for 13 months, yeah. so I'm still new. Um, so every day I'm just trying to um, see what conference I can go to, what book I can read, you know, who who's on live today dropping gems. You know, I'm always just trying to um, expand my knowledge in the industry so I can grow and reach my full potential within my within my lane. Got you. you know? What was the best week you had dispatching in terms of uh, in terms of revenue? <clears throat> That you could remember, or, or 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 what's the week that you had that made you like really say, "Oh wow, I I, I like this. This is this is I, for me." I don't even remember because every week I'm just like, "Dang, I'm really doing this." Did you start making money as soon as you started dispatching? Mm -hmm. I was it? only dispatching one truck. It was right. a box truck. So at so what point did you feel like you were making you were making money, and how much was that? When I needed help, and I started 
clearing, like what was I clearing weekly, like yeah. coming yeah. to me. Um, once I reached like fifteen, two thousand dollars a week, I'm like, okay, I need help, and I want to make sure I don't mess this up. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to make sure I don't mess this up because right. I'm still learning. Like, okay. I'm still learning, so I want to make sure um, I have people on my team who I can trust and who also has the experience to help assist with this to keep this going. Right. So um, that's when I started hiring help. So you say once you got to like fifteen hundred, two thousand. Yeah, week, I'm like, okay. Got you. And what's yeah. the most that you've gotten to uh, during weekly? Weekly. So I have cleared close to twenty five hundred. Okay. Yeah. Got you. Come on, but I pour everything back into my business. So the number wise, I don't even really look at it like that because everything is going literally back into my business. Got you. Do you know how much, do you know how much you've done total uh, for the whole for the whole year? For the whole months? year, I cleared ninety thousand. Okay. Yep. I pulled um, the numbers. It was ninety thousand. Um, and that's clear. That's that's all profit. That's all profit. Okay. And so that's that, when I that's realized about I was forty thousand more than you made at, as an officer. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so it it. Yeah. Okay. I said that all the time. I'm like, oh my God, like I really did this. Okay. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> it's still a shock to me, honestly. Yeah, no. I'm just awesome. trying to keep it. Like keep keep a state. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. All right, cool. So um so yeah, I think we 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 pretty much covered it. Is there anything that I left out that that you wanna add? Like um anything else that you're working on that you have going on that you wanna kinda wanna put out there? Yeah, so we just launched um Truckers Brew. Okay. Um, May seventh was was our anniversary. Truckers one Brew. Year. All right. What's that about? So Truckers Brew. I see. We was. Um. I look. I read a lot. So I see. Um. The accidents that take place in the trucking industry and things like that. Drivers having a hard time staying up. The the lifestyle. They they're not really living a healthy lifestyle because they're always on the roads. So they might grab a burger and things like that. So I wanted to come up with a brand that can help be a solution to that. Okay. So Truckers Brew is um, herbal teas I sell to the drivers and owner operators um, when they're on the road that they have something to drink on that is, you know, healthy and helps them stay up and things like that. So okay. that's what we just dropped on May 7th. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Truckers Brew, huh? Truckers Brew. All right, mm-hmm. so what does it come in, like a can or like a bottle? It comes in a bag. It comes oh, it's like in a bag, bag. Like a tea. Mm-hmm. Tea bag. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, gotcha. Yep. So it's not like a like a Snapple or something. It's like an actual tea bag. It's a tea bag. Yeah. Put it in water, So you go to water. truck stops, hot water, shake okay. it up, add a little honey, add a little sugar. And it'll help keep you up and all that, mm-hmm. but naturally. Naturally. Yep. All right, that's interesting. Truckers Brew. All right, cool, cool, cool. I right, well, congratulations on that. Thank Continuing you. Continuing as an entrepreneur and just building on the brand. Thank you. Thank I love you. it. All right, cool. All right, well, listen, um, this has been dope. I th- we always have to wrap with the final thought, mm-hmm. right? And then we have to let everybody know where to connect with you at mm-hmm. Prosper Logistics. So final thought is just anything like spiritual or anything educational or whatever. Mm-hmm. Come from the heart, just kind of what you want to leave the audience with. And then let everybody know where they can learn more about Prosper Logistics okay. and learn more about you personally. Okay, so um, I'll go with spiritual first. Always keep God first and just know, um, put all your trust in him. Pray. It's going to be okay. Even if you're down bad, it's going to be okay. It's going to work out. Everything's going to be aligned on his time, not your time. Um, and then continue to educate yourself. Don't stop learning. Um, I'm always looking what conference I can attend, who can I connect can um, network with in the industry to learn more. So just continue to educate yourself. Keep God first. Seek other opportunities for your drivers. Just don't stay in one lane. Um, seek other opportunities. Okay, okay. And where can the people uh, learn more about Prosper Logistics and learn more about you uh, personally? Okay, so um, we are on Instagram. The Instagram is um, underscore Prosper underscore Logistics. So I post everything on there. Um, things that we have going on, our driver success, um, driver of the month we, we give out driver of the month um, okay. that's posted and things like that so the Instagram is the best 
platform to follow to keep up with okay, Prosper you said it's underscore Prosper Logistics? Underscore Prosper, underscore Logistics. logistics. All mm -hmm. right, awesome. All right, Hustle Fam, if you can't respect that, your whole perspective is whack. You know what we do around this time. <laughs> If you smell something burning, it's only a desire. Myself and Kyra King from Prosper Logistics, we out. Scammer? Girl, I wrote a book. Literally, yes, I wrote a whole freaking book because that happened from, that happened to me, y'all, for real. I found out that my daughter is baby number eight. You can sit down and we need to get this on the show. I'm for real. <laughs> this is I crazy. Selling, I, look, because that's why, that's why I was like, it's, it's deep. Like, it's really, really deep. Like, I went to work because I work downtown for the city of Atlanta. And I um I went to work one day and I was telling them. I, I was Because I was doing both. I was doing my dispatching. Well, no, no. I was doing, I was working. I was working at the city of Atlanta. And I was letting them know, like, oh, my God, what I'm going to do? Like, what I'm going to do? This is not enough. I have a baby on the way. And they were like. After I told him the story, all the officers was like, yo, what the fuck? This is like some Medea stuff. Like, I said, I was like, yeah. I said, I wish I knew somebody that worked for Tyler Perry. <laughs> One of the officers was like, I do. And I, I swear to God, I was like, I said, stop lying. I said, stop lying for real. Stop lying. He was like, yeah, my brother-in-law. He was like, my brother-in-law and his wife work for Tyler Perry. They're actresses and actors for Tyler Perry. I said, stop fucking lying. Call him right now. He called him. He called him and he was like, yo, you got to hear this story. Like this girl just went through the freaking worst. Like she up here pregnant. She wanted our victim services advocates and everything like that. Right. So he, I got on the phone with him and I was like, you work for Tyler Perry before I tell you. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, my, my, um, yeah, his wife. Yeah. His wife is Rachel Palmer. She, they, she do sisters for BET with Tyler Perry and they just started their own little production company but they still act for Tyler Perry and stuff they just moved down here from Philly and he was like I want you to write your story from beginning and to end and I want you to send it to me and I did and he was like we're gonna produce your story that's crazy yep. so, so where did you meet this dude like, At the gym. No, like I didn't meet him online. I did not. Like, I <laughs> swear to God, I did not. Yeah, they were like, where you meet him at? Like no, like, I it was like a like love that. story, y'all. I was at the gym getting my smoothie, just worked out, <laughs> and he was walking out, and we just locked eyes, and he was just, and when I, and I thought, he didn't, he didn't speak to me when he walked out. He just walked out, we locked eyes, I get my smoothie, and then I'm like, okay, well, I'm about to go. So I walk out, and he was parked right there. He was like, you just so beautiful. Can I just please take you? And he was fine. I ain't gonna lie, he was fine. <laughs> I'm like, okay, shoot, yeah. Like, you can take me out. You find us on the way. You know? And then we just was stuck to the hip from there. So yeah. I never really, like, man, he lied about how many kids he had and everything. Like, I just found out the truth. But I knew it was some red flags, you know, because sometimes he'll be a little controlling and stuff yeah. and things like yeah. that. But I was just thinking, like, a little typical little dummy. Like, oh, okay, he must really, like, care about me or something like that. But then when that bank called me, man, I told that man, I said, did you put stuff in my name? Yeah, man, we we married, we won. I said, oh hell no, nah. I don't play. Them. I don't play. I said, oh, I didn't got jug. I was like, dang, man. So I mind y'all. So my family from y'all from Chicago. You know what I'm saying? So all my family's still up there. So they, I'm like, they all just flew down here. Man, I said, what? So the story get worse, y'all. So I'm like, it's not. It's funny now. It's funny now though. Look, it's it gets worse. Look, it gets worse. So and I'm just gonna be in the y'all gonna see it's come. It's gonna come out. Like they doing the trailer in Miami. I get to pick who played me. My name gonna be. Kyra, yes, like trucking has been a blessing, but now my story has, yeah. like, cause everybody just like, how the fuck are you still here? Like, but I was real depressed, y'all. I was pregnant with my daughter. I was sad. Like, I was in the room, like, I can't off myself because I'm pregnant. And I got a son. You know, this is not spiritual to do that. You know what I'm saying? But I was really like, 
I went through three counselors. I was going to therapy, everything. It, nothing was working for me. Like, nothing was working for me. My business is what keep me going yeah. still to this day. Like, as yeah. long as I'm making money, I'm good. As long as my kid's straight, I'm good. Yeah. But so I told my family, I said, Ma, you going to, I said, I'm going to have to pay you back. It was just just one week after the wedding. I said, I'm going to have to pay you back. I'm going to have to give you back that money. She was like, she was like, what, Kai? I said, me, me, nah. He, I'm, I'm, I said, Mom, I'm over $100,000 in debt of car loans. And she know I pay for my car cash. So she's like, what the fuck? She was like, so I told her. I was like, yeah, like the bank called me, such and such and such, such. It broke her heart. She was, she was like, really? So I told my dad, and my dad is like an ex-felon and stuff. Like my mom is like bougie and things like that. And my daddy is like straight ratchet. So I don't know how, you know what I'm saying? I'm a mixture of both of them. So I'm classy and then I can get real, you know, I guess not, that's the mix. So I told him, so she tried to go up to his job. You know, and I guess check him or whatever, like a week later, because he stopped coming to the house and everything. Kind of found out he got fired from them, fired from the job for stealing from them. Oh stealing people identity from the, he got fired. And I didn't know he got fired. He had been fired. He had been gotten fired. So when he leaving for work every day, he was going wherever else he was going. Spray, right? Yep, what is that spray girl? He got a baby now. My daughter only, what, 10 months? He got a baby that's like two months now. And you said the whole family is The whole scared. family is Scott. Yes, the mama, was, the mama was having... It was red flags, y'all. The mama said she was a preacher, and we would go to her little church in her living room, and it only be her sons and their girlfriends and their family, and she'd be give a donation. God is good. God is good. That was a red flag, but I'm like, maybe this is a different type of church. Like, I don't know, but the investigator found out she got 17 identities. Yeah, so it just the whole family is fraud, man. I'm gonna keep y'all updated. Yeah, man, let me tell you, I, the whole time I'm like, man, I want people, because this really was narcissistic abuse, yeah, yes, to be honest with you. And a lot of women go through that, yeah. and they just, they yeah. don't be knowing what it is. Yeah. Man, I educated myself on all that. I was like, yeah. dang, I was a victim. Yeah. I was like, I was like narcissistic abuse. Yes. yes, they you know they they love bomb you, make yeah. it seem like you know yeah. they all in love with you. The usual. I mean, this I was not his first victim. I was like number what seven, number eight. He crashes, yeah, he on right? to the next he one. Yeah, we went to court and everything. Girl, I filed charges, forgery because he's forged my signature. I fought, I literally was going against everything, and then they were trying to take me down because we was married. Right. So they're like, you knew. I'm like, nah, I didn't. Right. I did not know. And we got married in March, and we were supposed to sign the marriage certificate in April. But mind you, the bank called me a week later, so we didn't sign. So technically, I never married them. We just had the ceremony first. That's what saved me. I said, well, technically, we're not married. And I'm six months pregnant. I'm high risk because every month, it was something wrong with that little girl because I was so stressed. It was something wrong with her every month. Even the last month, they told me she was going to be stillborn. You know, it was just something wrong with her every month. Her cord wasn't centered in the biblical cord. She wasn't gaining. It was just retarded. You know what I'm saying? I bled out real bad at three months. It was just always something. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going through this, knowing that the man I married is a fraud. My daughter is sick as hell in my womb. I can't get no abortion. It's too late. You know, it, it. I was dealing with all this, and I saw Alex's video show up on that screen. I said, look, Lord, some got to work. Some got to work. That's why every time I link up, when I go to these conferences and stuff, and I see him, I be like, you have no idea that video coming across my screen has done for my life because I was, I don't know what I was going to do, y'all. I, cause law enforcement don't pay. I mean, come on, six weeks. Yeah. like, that's, you got to be in the rank, ranks to get that, right. you know? Wow. So, 
it was crazy. So now a year later, I just had on May seventh, I just had a whole like huge big gala for celebrating my one year. My carriers came, I gave them awards, you know, because everybody is so cool. Everybody that who I dispatch for is so cool. Like they love me because we just I'm just cool. Like I just let them know. Even if it's like a week they be like, Kyle, we need this, da 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 we able to have that relationship and say, Okay, well I got you, you know, it's we good, you know, we make it work. You know, I'm coming down to my percentage. You know, I know the gas is, you know, we make it work because that's how we, that's how I get paid by them. So, um, it just worked, y'all. It just worked. And I'm so thankful. Like, I'm so thankful because last year I was like, this is so ghetto. Did you ever, did you ever get like the debt and everything cleared? Yes. I fought for my life. I fought for my life. I went to the dealership pregnant. I walked in there because the white man, he kept calling me talking about we got to pay the money. And I'm sorry. I don't want my white in here. But, <laughs> but like, so he was like, y'all, y'all responsible. You responsible. I'm like, nah. So I walked in there one day. I was pregnant. I walked in there. I, I said, you know what? I can't be no women. I can't. And I don't have time to feel right. bad for myself. Right. I don't have time to be sad, heartbroken, crying. I don't have time. Even though I was, I had to get out of this because 100000 come on. Car loans, come on. And I never had no debt. And, and I didn't do it, right? Man, I walked in there. I said, I'm going to sue you. I walked in there. I said, I'm going to sue you. I'm going to sue this dealership if y'all do not clear this thing up right now. I said, I didn't sign for it. I said, pull the cameras on that date that the, that the loan was signed and see if I came in there. I said, I did not come in there. I was married to this man. I, I married this man. You knew I did. I said, but I did not sign no paperwork. I didn't do any of that. And I'll take you to court. I said, I hired a lawyer. I ain't even hiring a lawyer at the time, but I was just talking shit. I was like, I, I was like, look, I hired a lawyer. I'm high risk. And I really was high risk pregnancy. because My daughter was tripping the whole pregnancy. And I was like, I'm high risk. I said, my daughter can die. Like, I, 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 this is too much. I just want this cleared. He was like, well, just give me a day. Give me. I said, I don't, I, I, you don't got no day. Right. I said, you don't got no day. I need this cleared. Now, because I was in the process of buying a home. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know how it is buying a home. You got to send this, send this, send that. What's this? Now this then popped up. <laughs> you know, I was going, it was so bad, y'all. I was like, oh, my God. God, what the freak did I do? So that was coming up. The, 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 uh. The lender was telling me she saw that on the credit, and it was just like that delayed it. Long story, I, I bought my house. I got, I got my house with my kids. I'm good. Okay. Yeah. But even with that, the house, me and him had bought a house together, but we used my money because he made up a lie. I was red flag too, and it was on his. It was on his um credit. So I just did a down payment because yeah. we were supposed to go half, but then he told me he got caught up in some stuff. So I ended up having to, man, when all this stuff came out, I moved out the house or whatever like that. That man sold the house cash, offered and give me anything. Nothing. Don't check on my daughter. No, nothing. Like the first time he saw her was when she was six months and we was in court. Yeah. Baby. Monster. monster. And this monster. all transpired. Like what was the time? time all line? this was like a year. Yes. All this with me building the business. This all happened. <laughs> it just, it just ended. Like it just ended and I just took off. Like literally. Wow. Yes. Yes. I lost money. I, my credit was messed up, man. I walked in there with that one. I said, I said, write me a check. I said, you don't want me, my lawyer to get on this. Cause I said, you know that I, I said, y'all won't pull those cameras. I said, I even got a copy from the bank of the loan. I had, I had all my stuff together. You know, I had to get back in detective mode. Right, right. I was like this, 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 you know, that man wrote me a hundred thousand dollar check right there. He wrote me a hundred thousand dollar check. He said, I get it off your credit. And I gave it right to the bank and they cleared it off my credit. And wow. I was able to. So God was in the midst of all this too. Like I was having some real mental issues at the point. But then God has come right in like, okay, well, now that's cleared off your credit. Now you got your house. Like, mm-hmm. Yep. The car that he bought, he bought, I mean, he was stealing from me, buying me stuff. 
the, 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 I'm thinking I'm like I got the best man in the world. I'm just getting jugged every day. Like he 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 um he uh bought me like a, a Audi, a new Audi. Used somebody else's information to get it. So I, when I found out that the Audi was that, they took the Audi from me. I got in an accident and realized there was no insurance. The car wasn't even oh registered. I was going to work and pregnant. And I mean, everything happened out. Literally, she did that little girl. That's why she's so special to me. Because we went through all that at the same. It was so bad, y'all. It was so bad. But now it's just okay. I'm good now. I done got out of it. I done bought my house. Me and my kids, we good. My business going good. They got my story. That's in the works. Like, I just want to help the next young lady. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to get, that's going to be her 16th birthday gift is my book. Because I want, you know, that's why I was like, I'm scared of the teenage stage. You know, they started liking boys and all that. I'm just like, Lord, I got a daughter now out of this. You know, it's a beautiful thing. But now I just don't want the generation thing to, you know. Mm-hmm. That you're her friend, but you want to be that person that she can talk to, go to, because if she doesn't, she's going to get information from, from everyone. Yep, yep. Yeah, so that's. Yeah, that's we the definitely going to have an open relationship because I need yeah. to know everything. I need to know what's going in and what's going out. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Like. What's, what's the name of the book? So it's After the Pain. After the Pain? After the Pain. Okay. It's and a if, memoir. If, and, and if you make it a series, what would you name the TV series? Have you thought about that yet? I ain't thought about all that That's because honestly, they the way that they're doing it, like y'all ever seen the Four Color Girls? Yeah. 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 So it's actually going to be something like that. Okay. And Kyra is going to be one of the characters. It's... So like we, di- different so, stories yeah, that come together. Yeah, like they all going to hire this one lady to either assassinate their husband or um, like they have their husband be tortured or something. You could pick and you hire this lady named Miss K and Miss K, you let her know I want my husband assassinated. Like, every, <laughs> and I told the, them I want them I want them to assassinate my my guy. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. that's, that's the only way I can live through it. Like, you know, because I mean, he's still, he's going on, he's like, he has another baby. That's like, he, got little, he got a little girl. She ain't even one. That's a shame. She turned one in August. That's yeah, she's shame. baby number eight. That's that's terrible. eight. But you know what? They're like narcissists are programmed to not even care. It's all about now one. He the girl, no. girl, not nothing, nothing. Lied to the po. I mean, it was. I was literally fighting for my life, y'all. Literally. Literally, and I kept it. I kept it a secret for like a week. Like, like after they called me, like another. Week, I said I gotta tell my family because I gotta leave out this house. Right. Because he stopped coming to the house. And I'm like, I don't know. And then I didn't tell y'all, so the cars had to be recovered, right? So I'm like, well, I had all the, the car's information. So I'm up here like, okay, well, let me report the car stolen. Right. You know what I'm saying? Let me let me report them stolen. So they mine, you know? Right. Y'all, the car, they found the car on a high-speed chase in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Oh, the police was on the phone with me. I'm behind your car. Do you want us to continue or do you – because he was saying – because I used to be a cop, so I know – when you certain states that can chase certain counties and states, right. you cannot chase because the liability you hurt somebody else, you're responsible. So he was saying we can chase, but the liability of us chasing if anything that happened, that's you know what I'm saying. He's on the phone with me while I'm hearing them behind the car. So I'm like, just stop, because usually when you behind a car, a stolen car, now that suspect know that you behind a stolen right. car, they gonna ditch it, and that's what they did. He called me an hour later, and he was like, we found the truck. That man. I mean, it just, I don't that's, know, y'all. Like, it is. Absolutely insane. That's, girl. I'll be watching. When it comes to, I will be watching. Yeah, yes, yes. I'll they doing watching. the trailer in Miami. They paying for me to go down there and pick who's going to play me. It's, yeah. If you twisted, confused, or stuck about trucks, 
Don't be dumb. This is the place to come. Truck and hustle. Let's go.